previously last week, it's been an uneasy adjustment for y'all over the last two years. With the great inflation behind you, most Berliners have consciously or unconsciously accepted that the pre-war life is dead and gone. And embracing the new normal, you step into the future. The year is 1926, and after the zoo rescue, the group sends and the group's subsequent failure of the ritual banishment you all return to everyday survival against the backdrop of political assassinations ravenous consumption and criminal enterprise just another day in berlin the wicked city Some of you, Horst, Alice, catch spindly shadows incongruously cast or flash of red eyes that vanish when focused on. But you put these things, these visions caught in the periphery out of your mind. Seems best live and let lust mord. And while the occasional string of gruesome murders can be seen in the paper, you assure yourself that there's probably no connection. Must be totally unique. I'm sure it's nothing to worry about, as long as it doesn't come after me. We can only lie to ourselves for so long. <laughs> And you continue to tell yourselves those sweet lies, those sweet little lies. Tell me. Come on, tell me lies. It's the late summer in Berlin, August 7th, 1926. Man, yeah, you guys are just hanging out doing your stuff. When, Alice, you get a call. You gonna answer that? No. Phone continues to ring. Neo, pick up. How dare you railroad milk into picking up a phone? Exactly. <laughs> Blink of the Forget who's on the phone here. 
Uh, we'll say that no one's on the phone here, and you get a knock at the door. Not answering it. Can act like nobody's home. They fucking shoot the door down. <laughs> Miss Brooks? Miss Brooks? Hello? Is the Hilde Film Organization? Are you there? No. Miss Brooks, please. This is a matter of importance. This is an automated message. Please leave your message at <laughs> the tone. A few minutes goes by, and then your door opens up with your landlord and a concerned-looking woman there standing in the doorframe. Gosh, they got the landlord involved. Woman, what do I pay you for? We were concerned. No one was answering the door. There's no such thing as an automated message yet. We weren't sure what was going on. I'm just going to excuse myself. Landlord walks away, kind of casting backwards glances. I want my deposit back. I'm sorry to intrude. Um, good evening, Miss Brooks. Uh, my name's Asta Nielsen. Pleasure to meet you. I was wondering if you had a moment to discuss matters concerning Hildefilm. Well, I don't, but you're already in my home, so... Wonderful. She strides into your house and starts making tea. God fucking damn people these days, I swear. Now, um... I have begun to expand my acting into the production business and need to know more of the details surrounding a potential talent's exploits through Europe. You are friends with Anita Berber, are you not? I wouldn't say friends, much less so acquaintances, but I am aware of her. Wonderful. Uh, I need to know the veracity of some rumors that surround her, and I need to know whether those rumors will prove more trouble than the potential profits. To put it bluntly, when Frau Berber toured Austria, she was rumored to be arrested. Associating with her could lead to trouble, and... That trouble could lead to problems with the distributions of our films in those countries. I see. So you want to know whether or not she was arrested or not? Precisely, and while I'm more inclined to believe that her hearsay that she was actually in a lavicious... Oh, excuse me, a lascivious relationship with the king, I need to know exactly the extent of their relationship and if it could cause an issue for us. Rising a, raising a thin eyebrow of mutual understanding, she glances at you. What, what do I get out of this? You would know that Asta Nielsen is an extremely famous actress. Probably one of the most connected people in Berlin at this time. You would recognize her. Not only is she starting a production company, she is easily one of the most wealthy people to have survived through the great inflationary period. Not only is she well connected, she's rich as hell. Hmm. Well, I'd be happy to set you up with any kind of work in our company. Please think it over, and if you're able to come up with anything, Report back to me, and I'd be happy to set you up. At that point, she hands you over a business card of wonderfully textured paper with gold inlaid font. I'll take it. 
And at this point, she finishes up her tea and makes her way out of the apartment. And as she leaves, we are going to cut scene over to Horst. Horst is living in a squalid apartment in living out his PTSD uh, experience. And how are you getting by just uh, trying to escape the post-traumatic images that keep springing to your mind? How do you take your mind off of it? I mean, well, personally, I do some painting, uh, mostly it involves uh, pedophiles on fire screaming with doubtful <laughs> demon, vomiting demon blood. But when I'm not uh, being creative. Uh, I do odd jobs, small investigations, you know, that sort of thing. Wonderful. And as you're out to one of the galleries where you display many of your fiery paintings, you hear a, um, Oh, hey there, chum. How are you doing? And you turn back to see a bucktooth stallion of a man galloping towards you, approaching as kind is a very kind of overly enthusiastic member of your almost forgotten reading circle. Horst Paolo, <laughs> how have you been? So, uh, still up your old tricks? Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm kind of wondering. Hey, Dark God, welcome. They read hey. books together? That's great. So give me a second. Right, let me tell you my character's name. I work really hard. One for second, book. Dark God. We'll come to you in a second. Well, let's get uh Hi. let's get back to horse what you've been doing to help uh soothe your rattled nerves here as this guy approaches you. So I, I tell him, you know, I haven't been to the quote reading circle, end quote, for a while because I I started, you know, wondering if the people around me were possessed by a, a, a rape demon. So, you know, I, I've been spending a lot of time alone and drinking. Well, I think it's wonderful that you found a way to let off some steam. I don't think most of the people here have any rape demons in them, but that's fantastic. Listen, I found a wonderful source of reading material. Uh, and at this, he gives you an entirely too obvious wink. Oh, the bookshop in Vera. Owner's a bit, uh, crotchety, but the quality of the selection is excellent. And he reaches into his breast pocket and fishes out a worn business card and hands it to you. You see on it, it says, Bookshop in Vija. Wonderful to see you again, Horst. Don't get in over your head, good boy. Good to see you. Would you like to buy a painting before you go? Of course. What do you have? Oh, my God, no. What's wrong with you? Oh, my God. You should really talk to someone. Sad. Just kind of down at the ground. Yeah. Look, friend. Uh, uh, clearly, you have some talent here. You see the colors. This is quite excellent. But um, maybe a change of subject matter would be good. I could paint kitties or, you know, like a cat clinging to the wall and maybe put some text on it some kind. That's a good idea. I'll try that out. Here, I'll pay you for an advance. Hey. If you could give me a hang in there, kitty, that would be great. What kind of, uh, what kind of reading material are we talking about? Are we talking about the kind without a lot of words or are we talking about something else? 
Fantastic occult selection. All sex magic. <laughs> I mean... Okay, thank you. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> and as he walks away and you think, all right, I got some cash in my pocket. I'm going to make me a great old meme. We're going to cut scene over to... Dr. Alexander Brightwood. Let's introduce your character with Dark God right after. Well, it should be easy because I think our two characters are probably together. Yep. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You see uh, Dr. Uh, Alexander Brightwood. Uh, he wakes up. He is surrounded by cushions. Uh, his, um, this is their latest uh, church. Uh, though they'll, they'll likely need to be moving on uh, soon. And so it's in the basement of a building. Uh, you see that uh, Dr. Brightwood is wearing very little clothing. Uh, on the cushions surrounding him are a number of men and women, uh, all, all similarly uh, very undressed. And uh, he, he lawns, yawns la laboriously as he wakes up and looks around for his robe. Oh, here you go, yes. sir. Uh, my dear child, thank you very much. Uh -huh. How are we today? Come with me, my favorite bishop. We have much to discuss. Uh, uh, two of them kind of saunter off into a uh, side room away from the uh, the rest of the uh, the people down here. Uh, the church my dear bishop. Of the... Yes, uh, the church uh, is doing wonderful. We have new members... Uh, we have a new, uh, hmm, in training members. My dear, have... my dear, my dear child, enough of that. We must leave. Right. I received a vision last night. It what? came to me post-coitally. We must abandon this, this mission. We're done here. All of these people, they bore me. The prophet of light wants none of them in his kingdom. We shall leave, and the two of us will strike out create a new mission yes sir and then i, I was I, given snap my i slap i, I snap my fingers a bunch of uh of uh people in robes and masks uh come up with white robes and like sacrifice everybody to our great yes. and yes, then, take themselves out when they're done we, finish when they're done be sure to drink deeply from Jesus. the coolers uh, and then my dear bishop the, the, none of them will leave. come with us just you and I, well, my dear. Just you and my, I, my love. We must leave these riffraff. There are more. There are more where we are going. <laughs> uh, and then I take out a book, uh, and it has like stars all over it, uh, like it's letter bounding, a uh, questionable letter. Yeah. And I'll be, and then I'll ask, I'll, I'll wave my finger, and then the 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 church will burn up in flames. And I will make a sign in the air. And you hear in the echoes, praise be the light. Praise be the light. Yes, praise the light indeed. I need a drink. Praise come, come, right, my so dear bishop, to the local bar. I must lubricate these, uh, these vocal cords. <laughs> Love. Bishop, would you please give us a little more detail on who you are and how... Wait, 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 wait. 
Is, is this the Protoss soundtrack from StarCraft 1? Yes. Amazing. <laughs> Love it. As always. Your ear is amazing. Oh. Goddamn, sir. You just have good taste <laughs> in background great. music. Oh. Sorry. Anyways. Back on track here. <laughs> so, um, your second in command. Dark God, please give me oh, your shoot. character. A little more description and your name, please. Give me a moment. I posted wrong at the wrong place. Oh boy. <laughs> all right, all right. Sorry about that. Okay, uh, my name is Bishop. I am second in command to the holy witness of Alexander Brightwood. I help guide the church in its dead because he's a busy man and he must keep himself healthy so I my name is Bishop Messe Messe and my last and my closest friends call me in the back and I, I I have looked forward to bringing more people into the story uh, uh, the starry wisdom, the Church of Starry Wisdom. Yeah, the 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 prophet met uh, in a back when he was a child. He had uh, he was a bit of a drunk, and uh, life wasn't going that well. And somehow, ever since he met this child, and as long as he kept this child, who eventually became you know the right hand of the prophet, uh, around him, suddenly he was much luckier. Life just seemed to go the way it needed to, and as such, uh, you know, whatever the reason is, Lord only knows. Uh, uh, the, the Dr. Alexander has been sure to keep his right hand, his the, the Bishop of the Faith, as, as close as he can at all times, so as to maintain uh, this incredibly lucky streak. No. Uh, I, uh, I have learned a lot from this book. It, it has taught me the ways of all religions, and one in particular that we take from and promote through the high priest of Alexander. Ah, uh, prophet, dear. And that's enough prophet, of that uh, drivel. Prophet. To the bar, Sorry. to the bar. Come, 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 come. Yes, we must drink. We must quench this thirst. <laughs> <laughs> and as you guys leave the Church of the Star cult behind you, burning in flames, quenching the heat with a cold brew, we're going to cut scene back over to Alice's apartment. Wait, what? Huh? Phone's ringing that again. Fucking phone again. Fucking goddammit. <laughs> you wonder why that phone's even in your apartment. Exactly. I, I don't have enough money for a phone. Hello? Oh, yeah, fuck. Hi, how are you? I'm doing quite fine. How are you? Hello, this is uh, Alban Gao. How are you? Wait, repeat your name? This is Alban Gao. Uh, you probably haven't heard of me. I'm 
as an unsuccessful filmmaker. However, I was given this number by shit. Of course, I immediately lost her name. I was given I was given this number by Asta Nielsen. Uh, how are you? Uh, before I start inquiring anything, uh, what are you calling me for? I have tickets to see Anita Purba tonight. I was hoping that you might attend with some of your friends, as I have never met her, and I understand it will be quite a performance. All right. Um. $100 a night. Oh, um, I understand you are uh, a working lady. I, all right, I did not think I would need to, I, I don't want to go alone. All right, I agree to your terms of $100 a night. However, this is supposed to be for the Hild of Hildefilm. You understand? Mm hmm That does not change my prices. Of course, of course. I do not mean to. Uh, I do not mean to step on your toes as a professional. I will be paying. Please uh, meet me at the Fans Insights Station and your band. A block north of uh, the club Jagerstrasse location. Will do. Wonderful. And bring as many of your friends. I have quite a few tickets. Uh, I don't have many friends. Oh, Concha, I know that you have three friends that need to attend. Uh, no. Bring your three friends, Ayas? I don't have three friends. I'm not looking for three more hearts. I need your other three friends as part of the campaign. Thank you. I'll see you there. Goodbye. Uh, uh, wow. <laughs> uh... I don't even know who the bishop or that weird John Sins guy. Sure you do. For plot reasons, you totally know them. Oh, not yet, but we will meet. We both know Anita. Yeah. Oh no, she has a she has a card that's saying join the Church of the Starry Night. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, she's sorry. got one of our uh, weekly pamphlets. But uh, <laughs> we 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 know Anita. All right. Well, he knows Amina. He uh, you know. Right. And as such big fans, you would know that she is performing at the Weiss Mouse. And you have received tickets to the show. And, well, naturally. uh... Naturally. And, uh, nearly midnight, you make your way from the Frausch-Steiss-Jubahn station a block north after meeting up with Alvin Gau, Alice. The rest of you just happen to get tickets some way or another, and I'm gonna say, Horace, you really are... Looking for inspiration for your hanging kitty poster, so you make your way on down to the show, as well as Dr. Alexander and Bishop. You also, looking for new victims for your cult, make your way into the easy pickings of the Weiss Mouse. Yes. Wow, this is exactly my scene. Uh, Bishop... Stay behind me. Try not to talk to too many of these people. They seem to find you frightening. I know. Not to me. I couldn't understand why, my dear. Again. You know. I think it's something to do with that book of yours you're always carrying around. It does smell. It smells, my love. It smells... It smells like flesh. I put lever there on it, though. 
Uh, so it wouldn't smell. As well. You need more leather. Let me tell you what. Uh, it's alright. Anita's a dear friend. She'll be happy to see us. A fine summer uh, raid is falling. Turning the Friedensteins into a, an obsidian mirror reflecting a bright light of one of Berlin's most vibrant entertainment districts. Despite the weather, the sidewalks are still crowded, and as the group turns in off the Friedensteif at Jagerstaifs, a marquee flashes a searing white light against the dark night. The Weiss Mouse, one of the hottest cabarets in the city. Passing into the cramped lobby, a hat-check girl sits on a small cubicle just off the right, idly French inhaling the cigarette in between talking, taking champagne. French inhaling, that seems racist, right? That just means smoking? <laughs> it's when you smoke, but you don't inhale the smoke into your lungs. Uh, you just keep it in your mouth like a bitch. Gotcha. Bill Clinton. So. <laughs> I didn't inhale. <laughs> I found my uh, I found my uh, picture. What do you do? No, I, I found my character picture. Ah, wonderful. The room is smoky as you guys get your hats checked, coats put up in the coat room, and make your way into the crowded room. Almost no room. Alice, you make your way in with Alban Grau, and as you guys are very important, you have little place cards set out on the table, and everything is packed up to this point. You're surprised you are actually able to have reserved seating, and the only other places available are at your table, which get filled in by the rest of Horst, Dr. Alexander, and Bishop. So now you're all sitting at the same table. Yes, hello. Who have we here? Uh, I, uh, while he talks, I call for drinks for him. I yes, know what he likes. Thank you. Hello, the two of you. I don't think we've had the pleasure of meeting. And my aren't the two of you just delicious looking? Ah, thank sir. you very much. I appreciate that. Oh, not you, sir. No offense, but you look simply dreadful. Well, I, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I, are you not? I take um, and at this point, one of these characters goes by, making their way through the crowd with a box of these masks, and he takes one of them. You see there are black and white masks, uh, the half cut off face masks, and he puts one of them on. How about this? Is this better? Ah, uh, yes. Now we just I... make one for the rest of your body. The rest but that's of enough you. of that. Horst, Alice. Well, it's nice to meet you. Uh, Alexander pretends that he knows their names uh, psychically uh, and not that he read it off the name cards. Do <laughs> <laughs> our names. Nice to meet you. Are you a and the arts? Uh, one might say that, yes. Because I am a, I am a creator, I am an artist, I, I would love to... Artist? Ooh, dear. I'd share my work with you. I would I'll... love to see your art later. And yours too, dear. Uh, the name is Dr. Alexander Brightwood. Uh, this is my associate here. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Mens. Hello, sir. Hello, everybody. Oh, I'd be happy to take you up on your offer of art. 
later. Yes, right, we pass can. Pass drinks around for everybody. I don't sleep much, so I'd be glad to show you the paintings after after this evening. Oh, I don't sleep much either. <laughs> uh, I put my picture in the resources, so you have an image. Great. Ooh, are you the dog? Yeah. Uh, both the dog and the. Ooh. At this point, the figure with the wicker bowl with the masks in it comes up to each of you. If you would like to prefer anonymity, anonymity, ladies and gentlemen, she offers you all a mask. Who would take a mask? Oh, not I'm, a... I'm going to take a not, mask. Not the prophet. I'll take the black one. I'm going to oh, take no, a mask. No, sorry, no, I... Actually, you know what? The prophet finds a kinky. He puts one on. Hey. I'm, I'm taking the white mask, one on. I'm going to start crying. I'll take the black one. Horst, Bishop, and uh, Dr. Alexander. Alice, will you be donning the mask as well? I mean, everyone else is taking a mask. Yes, no, I'm too hot to wear a mask. Facts are That's facts. That's my thought. That was literally Horst yelling out into the out into the space about it being a sausage. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> I never wear a protective. Looking around, oh, the cleanest man around. You guys look around the main show area, and you see that most of the audience has indeed chosen to conceal their identities. Twelve That's dinner tables. No one can be as good looking as you, Alice, but they all seem that for this particular show, I maybe not wanting to be seen at this risque of a recital, or maybe. They don't want to see how they're behaving at such an event. They decided to conceal their identities, and these 12 tables are arranged around the room, seating about 60 people. Albin Grau is one of the few that wasn't wearing a mask, but you embarrassed him, so he put one on. <laughs> uh, well done, sir. Well, I, uh, I thought it might be a for the best, yes. Um, yeah, doing us a favor, hiding that ugly mug of yours. I'm embarrassed if you see. But, uh, excuse me, I'm paying you good money to come with me tonight. Could you I'll double you your pay if you treat me with a little respect? I feel like it takes Don't a bit more money to cover up ugly. I'm... Wow. Okay, 300, uh, 300 pounds here. Uh, please, just say a kind word for me. I'm sipping so hard for you right now. Yeah, very nice. It is quite the sim. I do love me a good sim. I just yeah, love... if she doesn't, uh, if she won't help you out, I can let her. <laughs> now all of a sudden, I feel like I'm the center of attention. And you guys look around. There are a bunch of older men here, crusty businessmen, elderly and aging gentlemen, sitting masks, sitting <laughs> uneasily on their bony faces. There are also a group of sweaty salesmen out for a night in the town, as well as a seems about half of this place is full of 20-year-old women, probably Anita's fan crew. Uh, You're famous. The prophet kind of looks at uh, the bishop and uh, points out like two or three of them to uh, to approach later. Uh, yes, sir. Not the oh. German, though. The German's awful. We're losing that one. He whispers. Uh, do should we use this? And I take out like a uh, very wh a white uh, 
ivory uh, knife. Oh, not now. Not not here. Not here in front of all of them. Very sad. See them brandishing the knife, or do we not notice? I'm Is brandishing we... it. I'm not hiding it. You see. I don't trust these people. That's a nice knife. Is it used for killing pedophile demons? <laughs> yes. Of course, well. exactly that. Ooh. Oh my god. Of I'll keep that in mind. And you were going to get help. It's used for a great many things, dear. But yes, pedophile demons as well. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. And that's about as much conversation as you guys are able to sneak in before your drinks are taken and an odd hush suppresses the activity inside the dining hall. The cabaret's director walks out in front of the curtains and the small spotlight shakily following his progress. The audience applauds politely. Madames and mademoiselles, Damon and Eren, we are gathered here tonight because we are all share a singular love, a love of beauty, yes. I say to you that we are all here tonight to celebrate beauty, to worship her for the goddess that she is. The director's words are met with a ripple of laughter in the audience. Everyone's here to see scandalous naked dancing. And everyone, including the director, knows that. I'll feature all dancers tonight. Soon. I mean, I'm here getting paid. Those of you that are here to see naked dancing are here to see naked dancing, and those that are dragged along for cash are here to do business. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I'll feature all dancers tonight, soon to depart the city for what is sure to be a well-received engagement in Amsterdam. Our Frau Anita Berba and her husband and dance partner, Henry Chatten Hoffman. The piece is a solo performance by Frau Berber entitled Morphine. 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 The director claps his way off stage, but the applause from the audience is somewhat muted. The heyday of the exhibitionist nude dances already seem like a lifetime away. A relic of the inflation years? Berber has been absent from Berlin, touring the other parts of Europe. What could she know of the new objectivity? Mm. Sir, do you want this? You know, little white package of <laughs> powder. Oh, do I ever. Please. Yeah, yeah. The prophet does a few lines of It always makes you more charming. Thank you. Oh. As you guys get your sniff on, the curtain rises. An old armchair sits on stage. A woman, Berber, lies back in it, comforting arms. Nearly lost at it, she wears a high-collared black dress that clings to her every curve and angle. Her hair is held down under a black diaphanous cap. In her hand is a syringe. She stares at her forearm. Micha Spolinski's morphine plays on in Vitaphone. Berber injects the syringe into her arm. As the music plays on, she sits silent, unmoving. 
Then, explosively, she arches out, her body breaking out of the chair. She begins to dance about the stage in jerking motions, ending in ecstatic poses. She returns to the chair, dancing around it, being pulled down by gravity, seeming heavy. She looks out into the audience and smiles knowingly. Then, her face becomes a mask of contorted pain. She shudders and falls, her back arched painfully across the arms of the formerly welcoming chair. The curtain falls. Her devoted fans... (laughs) Her devoted fans explode into applause, but the response from the rest of the audience remains somewhat mixed. One of the former and one of the drunken salesmen shouts, I take it off next time! From another table, a heckler shouts, Top swine! Kill him. Destroying the art. This is too much for Berber, who comes exploding from behind the curtains. She stalks over to the heckler, looming over him, sparks flying from their eyes. You really think I'm top swine? Why don't you come back to my hotel later for a closer inspection? The audience laughs in approval as the heckler shrinks <laughs> back. <laughs> yes. Can I go for a closer approval? I also think you're a swine. Shall I come back later? <laughs> I don't. Uh... She jumps back onto stage, casting you a dark glower, Dr. Alexander. Berber. We've met. We've met a few times before. And then recognizing you, casting you a wink. Growl yes. turns yeah. to you, the, uh, the rest of you. <laughs> that was certainly something, was it not? Um. Yeah, she's a, she's a you paid me to be here for some risque show. So, uh, uh, we are here to uh, gather information about Anita Barber's exploits throughout the, specifically in Ostia. I think it's relevant that we understand what her performances are like and if she still is talented enough to join the organization. Uh, whatever you want to call it. This is research. Wait, 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 wait. What organization are you, you part of? Not yours. Is my book not in front of ours. Me? There's only one organization that matters. And she's not in ours. No, I'm fine. talking to the guy that he, uh, he said it's part of our organization. I want to know what his organization is. Organization he's part of, sir. Well, I am a part of the Hild Film Guild. We are producers of uh, the film. You would know at this time in Germany, there's a massive boom going on in the film production, uh, in the film production industry, and in fact, you are sitting with Grau. What's his name? Alban Grau. Alban Grau is a real person, and you guys may have heard of his single film that flopped in this time period. A little unknown uh, film, you guys. Heard of it's uh, Nosferatu, which at the time was a terrible, terribly unsuccessful, and everyone disregarded as something everyone would leave behind and no one would ever see. Oh dear, you're the Nosferatu guy, aren't you? Ah, Yes, uh, you got some time. Condolences. Oh my god, what a dreadful piece of schlock. I thought it would be better myself. I put my heart and soul into the film, but fortunately it's 
seems to cultivate the daughter these days, yes. I... And you can see he was blushing before when you guys were laying into him and pointing out that he had to bring a date and pay his date to come with him. And then, and now that you point out his professional failures, he is beat red. Oh, no. Not sure that's your colors. Wait, how do we see red if he's under a mask? You can see the bottom of his face. That is his neck. So, uh, I, I feel sorry for you. Here, here you go. I, I hand him some, um, some of the cocaine and like, it'll help you. Trust me. Thank you to my health. Uh, thank you very much. At this point, the stage director comes back out. My dear audience, we are now going to witness the beauty portion of the evening. He meaningly clears his throat. <clears> throat. We come to the uh, naked dance first, a duet between Frau Berber and her husband entitled Salome, Princess of Judah. The director slides off stage as the curtain rises again. Sexy. This time, a large bronze vessel sits on top of the stage, its rim splattered with glistening globules of blood. A man enters from stage left, dressed in the garb of a Roman palace guard. He drags behind him a woman in a scarlet cloak who crawls upon the ground, beaten down. All in the audience can see that the woman is Berber, who crawls on the edge of the vessel and inhales the smell of blood within. Somehow the scent of blood seems to activate her. Twisting in a slow spiral, she rises. The Vitaphone now plays Richard Strauss's Dance of the Seven Vials. What does that look like? The... I'm not sure what your question is. I'm saying, what does that look like when she dance seven vials? At this point, she's just being drugged along by this Roman soldier who is essentially got her leash, and she has her head right above a disgusting bowl of blood. And Berber, Salome, twirls around the vessel, her face lustful, as she stares down into its gory depths. Beneath her cloak, she is nude, but she dances with a large fan of ostrich feathers, which offer only tantalizing glimpse as she spins and twirls. At last, discarding the fan, Berber reaches down into the vessel and covers her hands in the gore. Stretching back, she rubs her bodies hands all over her naked abdomen letting the crimson carnage run down over her thighs she is transported by ecstasy staggering about the stage finally stopping to raise the cloak around her disappearing inside of it she rises again dropping the cloak entirely now she stands fully nude, but for a crown of silver palm leaves on her head. She twirls back to the vessel, lays across it, letting her head dangle over the edge. 
while she arcs her head back and thrusts her blood-covered pelvis towards the sky. The curtain drops. Now, even the doubters have been pulled in. The applause is noticeably greater and no heckles this time. Grau is among those applauding enthusiastically. My god, she still has it! Wouldn't you say? Yes. Yes, indeed. I am disgusted. You're See, this in the minority. This is art, Alice. Art. I appreciate if you didn't call my name so casually. Uh, my apologies, Miss Brooks. <laughs> Alice, do you think these people are trustworthy? You know, you can't trust a lot of people. Why? Mr. Horse, do you think I'm a pedophile demon or something? I did not say anything about that. I won't well, speak that again. Like before that. Hmm. Pedophile demon? Where? <laughs> I must say, Mr. Horst, you seem somewhat preoccupied by these pedophile demons. Did something happen to you? I'm not going to talk about it with you. Well, I back to the I need a drink. I okay, understand. I bring him a drink. These... Bring a drink and I mix in some cocaine in it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if that's going to help him with his nervous habits. I think that he might be being activated by all the bloods. My tongue goes numb to cocaine. Well, it is numbing some things. I agree with you. Yes, the tongue will be numbed, but I don't know if that's a help with the jitters. Uh, we have uh, a... Let's see. I, I opened the book. It's like, we have this powder. I don't know what this does. Yeah, all right. What was the powder? Uh, it's a black no. powder. And uh, you, uh, you're gonna have to roll a d6 to figure out what it is. Is it a black tarry substance? <laughs> yes. Hmm, I think I might know what that is. Let me get my spoon. I'll be right back. <laughs> As Albin searches around for his spoon, the director appears back before the curtain. And for our final piece of the evening, I saw the number by Frau Barbar, entitled Estrate. The curtain rises once more. The Vitaphone now plays Tchaikovsky's Interlude. Although I'm playing The Tempest because I couldn't find an interlude that I liked. That's fair. <laughs> Berber comes out onto stage wearing a long silver cape and a silver helmet from which flutter many ostrich feathers, her face is covered in a black mask, not unlike the ones worn by those in the audience. Apart from these vestments, she wears nothing else. The effect is startling. With her face covered, her androgyny is even emphasized more. 
The feathers lend her a bird-like aspect, emphasized by her first movements of the dance. A piercing cry, followed by a tinkling laugh. It should be ridiculous, but the audience is rapt. The cape falls from Berber's shoulders, and as she dances, the first around the stage, then down into the audience. In the light of the pursuing spotlight, her lithe body seems ablaze like a magnesium torch. The mask drops, showing Berber's face electrified with a frenzy of dance. Each head turns dance. to fuck. <laughs> Might hit that dance, dance a little too hard. <laughs> nah, I loved it. <laughs> I am taken over by the dance. Yeah, no, that sounds good. It's perfect. Dance. Berber's face is electrified by the frenzy. Every head follows to turn her movements here and there. Some of the audience begin to rise and from their chairs, following each bit of movement, waving. I'm going to need each of you to make a power roll, please. Uh, yes, sir. And be careful, because if you get too low, you're dead. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Devil eats flies behind us. No more demon possession this round. Alrighty, I'm not near my computer, so Wookie, can you make that open? Oh, uh, hard success, baby. Where hard success fails. Everybody got a success. Success fails. Oh, nope. Ha, <laughs> Alice. Why are you laughing? You failed. No, I didn't. I got a hard success. Hard success fails. What? Oh, well, so good, wait. Good. Oh, okay. Maybe we didn't want to succeed here. Or, good thing it doesn't mean that we're dead because then we're all dead, aren't we? No, it's not that. Wait. It's not like the last campaign where the first roll determines so, whether your character dies. This is a little this. silly roll. Okay, go for it. Oh, I failed because I don't get to have the fun. Everyone fails. So. Each one of you feels overcome and overwhelmed by a magical compulsion to join in the revelry to come. You all fall under Berber's sway. Some of you begin to dance wildly, Bacchanalian fashion, tipping wine, champagne bottles sprawl over the tables, over the mouths, some shouting as they pour it all over their bodies and over their heads. Others turn to the nearest of them, tearing into each other with unbridled lust, regardless of prior relationships, gender, or orientation. Berber laughs, tinkling laugh again. Genuflecting, she surmounts a table and holds a magnum of champagne aloft to Astarte as she cries. Many in the crowd echo her toast. Berber leans back and pours the champagne. Yes. And as she pours the champagne down her body, and others rush forward to lap it off of her. What do you all do? And keep in mind, you, oh. you are all beside yourselves with crazed lush and re lust and revelry. Alexander was already uh, ready for this moment. He didn't need yeah. uh, any urgings. I, I, I made sure to get forth all the women that he liked to wait right beside him. I want to leave. Unfortunately, you are wrapped in the jubilation. You feel compelled to participate. Oh, you can uh, choose how you participate. You can be obviously a little more modest. You don't have to run up and start lapping champagne off of her body, but you Sir, don't have to. You're least, women, but... and yes, I'm gonna thank walk you, Bishop. 
Definitely Feel want free to. to partake yourself. I'm gonna walk just... forward to the German, and then I'm gonna fuck him, and then I'm gonna stab him later. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ale Alexander grabs the uh, the women that were brought over, as well as one or two of the serving boys, and uh, it just turns into a whole pile of them. Huh. All right, who's the hottest person in here besides myself, of course? Uh, I it's think definitely Frank Alexander. Actually. Damn. Uh, I have. You're, I have 55, that's it. I'm average. You, you do crazy. see a wonderfully attractive table next to you of the most high-class individuals, impeccably dressed. Alright. Horst, feel free to join in. There's plenty of room. Horst is just kind of staring and kind of doing voyeur ogling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm fucking sexy. No. Five. Oh no, I'm not flirting with you. I'm flirting with the the German guy that I'm gonna uh from his skin. What? From his his free his soul. I'm gonna free his soul. Alright, so let's see. I need a D10, please. Anyone roll a D10 for me. Can I have a D10? There, four. So you all are going to be wrapped in this ecstatic state of pure euphoria for the next four hours. Uh, Alex is in this state for the next uh, six. After everyone's like cleaned up and laughed and are like, oh god, what have we been doing? He's still there grabbing new people and dragging them back in. <laughs> Oh, no, you don't. And pull him back in. I'm going to need a constitution roll from everyone, please. As you just keep partying deep into the night. Berber here and there, everywhere, just continually partying. Bishop, you are at the lead, uh, just throwing popping champagne bottles, laying out lines. Yes. I just like to know that at no point during the four hours do I want to go anywhere near Dr. Alexander or anyone he's touched. <laughs> Wow, I will let you know that we paid all the doctors that visit him to give him okay. a full clean of health. Don't That's care. fine. It's probably a smart idea, frankly. Despite uh, despite what the bishop might think, yeah, there's nothing clean or, or healthy about anything going on here. So, uh, yeah, smart thinking, and that's okay. fine. All right. Dr. Alexander, you are going a little too hard, and you notice some things snapping and breaking. I need you to roll a d4 and a d3. You'll be losing 1d4 magic points and 1d3 sanity points for partying too hard, sir. That oh, is you, perfectly fine. Can you roll my con for me? Of course. Uh, you Thank failed you. your constitution, so you are going God, to... God damn it, look, I trusted you. Yeah. you Oops, I forgot. Oh man, look at everybody won. All right, that is a failure as well. It was a hard con roll. So, Horst, you will be taking a D4 of magic point loss and as well as a D3 of sanity point loss. Whoa. Alexander has 95 sanity normally. He's down to 94 now. This is just another day in the life. Really nothing special going on here. Actually, he's, he should be more um, uh, used to it. 
Especially how they're yeah. running the. Uh, Frankly, points. this is what he uses his magic points for, so it's fine. <laughs> this is all, all par for the course, yes. <laughs> All right, that takes care of that. You look around. Are you like fighting? Ah, that's one way of looking at it, my dear bishop. <laughs> there does seem to be some kind of surreptitious something or other going on. I would allow a Cthulhu mythos or a Cthulhu cult road to determine what is happening. I have a cult, baby. Go for it. I'll do it. Come on, you know more than The prophet's a little distracted. And no, he does not. This is all a cover. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. I'm the one that has the occult. You have the charm. I have a success. Dr. Alexander, you feel like you're on the cusp of something. You know that something to foul is at work here. And the bishop, ever astute, you realize that this is indeed a mythos spell called Undying Revelry. Hmm. Oh, is it? Do I know what it does other than make an amazing orgy happen? Compels people to party. Oh, can I learn this spell? Can yes, I, like, can. study how she did it? Say again? Sure, let me turn to the thing. And oh, I also look at uh, my, high, my the high priest and I make sure he's okay. Oh, oh, he's doing he's fine. just fine. He seems to be having a good time. You so you would know that Undying Revelry is the Dinosian Revels. A spell that costs two magic points, 1d6 sanity, and has about a five-minute cast time. To cast the spell originally uses the priests of Dionysa. Dionys? Nah, I feel like that's a Greek thing that I'm fucking up. To whip worshippers into a frenzy. The caster must make a successful art or craft, singing, dance, musical instrument, or so on roll to begin their dance. Then they begin to cast the spell, and as they weave their way through the revels, the revelers, each person witnessing the dance must make an opposed power roll against the caster, or they will too begin to dance without heed to their surroundings and circumstance for 1d10 hours. I will write the. Uh, can I get like a. Oh, I copy. This is good. What's it called again? Undying Revelry, and each of you swept up in the fury of the party. Lose yourselves in it. Each of you is going to wake up in a unfamiliar place, which I will allow you to describe. Where do you all wake up that is not your own home? Um, I'm at the German's house. His body is currently upside down, skinned as live. Oh uh, my god! I brush off. <laughs> Sounds about right. I brush, I brush off the blood. I, I make sure, uh, wash, took my clothes inside, sure, before I head out. I take, I take the money that's in his pockets, uh, and I kiss the, his wife goodbye. I was like, that w it was delicious. Thank you for dinner. And I disappear in the night. And you hear a, a, a howl, a, a dog's barking, scratching at the doors as I leave. Burf, burf, burf. You disappear back into the night. Probably. 
Dr. Alexander, where did you wake up? Um, he's still here. <laughs> he woke up, still in the bar. So, uh, yeah, much... just in a pile of bodies, just extricating himself from limbs. Absolutely. Much to the chagrin of the actual establishment, you spent the night there, all night there, with many other revelers. Yes, indeed. Horst? When Horst drinks, which is often now, he finds his way down to the docks and wanders around until he finds his way to Chinatown and ends up in an opium den, usually waking up with a fairly substantial bill due and no memory of what he was doing or how he got there. I was right about I gave him the black tar. Hmm, quite so. And since this is a more common occurrence than you'd like to admit, you have a relationship with this particular morphine den, and you make your way out into the morning light, which is entirely too bright. Alice? Uh, I went home with the rich people, right? Naturally, you find yourself in the upscale part of town, and waking up before them, you have to find your way out of the fourth story mansion that you currently find yourself in. Done this many times. Breaking up a little bit, what was that? Yeah, this isn't a problem. I've done this many times before. Like a season. Get paid to go on a date by one guy, pick up some more rich people, and head home with them. Why not? I want to rob them blind. You're able to what? get some really good. Uh, you're able to get some very lovely pieces of art, and once you finally stuff all the cash from one of the wall safes into your belongings, you get a. Um, from one of the uh, help staff there. I want to knock out. Yeah, you smash him in the face and then right. make good your escape. Yes. I forgot your character is actually good at fighting. I'm away from my my computer once again. So any rolls, uh, can you make? Uh, he said you did it. I don't think you get the roll. Oh. Well, yeah, I'll knock him out and leave. Feeling dirty and, and used. Just like every other night, you step out and making a good amount of cash if circumstances were a little weirder than normal. You make your way out into the sun, shining very much too brightly. It is now 11.30 a.m. The leaves of every tree droop as if panting. It promises to be a scorcher. Suddenly, as you walk back into your apartment, dropping off the stolen cash and the artwork that'll need to be fenced later, suddenly. No. <laughs> I'm gonna unplug the <laughs> ring ring. Yeah, and I'm I'm unplugging it. Oh, you should throw the phone at the wall like in the movies. Get the fuck Not out of here! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Not that frustrated yet. <laughs> well, as you guys That's nurse your hangovers. Uh, what is that sound? The crackling, that is, um, oh, that's just, uh, you know, that's just crackling. Don't worry about it. Alright. As you guys nurse your hangovers and try and hydrate, we're gonna take a five minute break. Hey, hey, hey. Jesus, who's crackling? Yes, sir. I think it's milk. Yeah, it unfortunately, is. milk. You got Are you doing much. that on purpose? Dang, Oh, no, yes. it's not It's not my trouble. I'm packaging stuff. What, what are you giving now? Baked goods. As long as we're not doing it on purpose. Five minute break. Cool, I'm going to grab my cup. Okay, that's it. Thank you. Uh, I'll get a coffee. Just 
Show me my true self, Mirror. Bishop and Dr. Alexander. Uh, I think uh, Alexander would uh, head to where they normally meet. They're kind of a typical MO. It's a little uh, coffee shop that uh, you can get drugs in. And they uh, they don't ask a lot of questions. They're open 24-7. Uh, you can buy drugs there. You can get your coffee spiked with just about anything. So Alexander wakes up and heads over there, uh, assuming that... Uh, his, uh, his good bishop will be along presently. Not serenity. Not serendipitous. A wonderful moment of synchronicity happens where both you, bishop, Horst, and Albin Grau all recognize you all see each other at the same time getting your spiked coffee. Hi, Jafar. Uh, imagine seeing you all here. Quite a performance last night. I uh, had to uh, drink a lot of water this morning. You really seem to lose yourselves in the performance, yes? Ah, uh, yes. Yes, indeed. Or she just kind of stares at him, trying to get the image out of his head. Oh, uh, which German is this? Because I think, uh, didn't the bishop kill this German? And eat him. Must have been a different German. Must have been a different German. There's a new German. Oh. Looks like. It's sorry, right. I have trouble keeping uh, telling your kind apart. Are oh, you aristocratic krauts? Look ah. the same to me. My apologies. I was going to say that sounds vaguely racist, but we'll just move along, okay? Wait, who's racist? Here's what I believe. Something supernatural happens last night. Of this, I have no doubts. Whether it was of intention or not is what I'd like to understand. Mm. However, my interest in esoteric matters is well known. 
If there was an act of will behind last night's events, I may expose my intentions before the investigation can properly begin. And so, if we come to a proposal, I wonder if whether you and your friends might attempt to befriend Frau Berber. I realize it's quite a lot to ask, however, uh, if you could go and ask her, see out whether she has any interest in the occult and magical practices while you're there. Anything? Um, sir? Yeah? No, 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 Bishop, it's alright. Nope. Let, let the man continue. Right. He's doing a great oh. job. No, 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 sell us on this very hard task. What exactly do you uh, propose to give us if we are somehow to uh, perform this incredible feat? That uh, obviously would require some effort on our parts. Good show, sir. Alice, where are you at this point? Can I say you uh, walked into the coffee shop as these guys are proposing heading over to Anita Berber's hotel? Well, I mean, even if I said no, you were going to put me there anyway. I was going to push your character over there. And as you walk into the character, as your character walks into the coffee shop... You overhear them discussing about visiting your dear friend, Anita Berber, and you say, "Ah, oh, yes." Uh, you know I, I don't. I don't mention her at all. I don't know that woman. Just walk away and don't participate in the campaign. You're just uh, reluctantly in the periphery, just constantly being forced over here by the DM. No, I. I just wanted my coffee, and I'll be leaving. Thank you very much. Yes. Alice. Uh, Alice, it's good to see you. <laughs> I'm going to look at Alexander with disgust. No, Alice, Alice, believe me, this man here, this man here was just about to offer us some sum of money uh, if we were to somehow find a way to introduce ourselves and befriend the, uh, the dear Anita Berber. Money, you say? How much? Obviously, this would be such a very hard task for such, for such plebeians as ourselves to perform. But... <laughs> Uh, with the proper, uh, perhaps, financial lubrication, I think we might be convinced to assist. I can't help but wonder if you might be interested in this venture as well, dear. Ah, you're stroking my need for money and my ego. That's two Ooh. things I'll go with. I thought you just might. All right, I will remind you my film was a flop, and I'm not exactly flush with cash, however, I... We'll make... Oh, that's fine. Then I guess we can't help no, you. No, I'm sorry. No. That's not what I meant to say. I will make the oh. proper contacts with her, Anita, but I need to stress that my pockets are not infinitely deep. Well, who's are? That's fine. Very no one well. said they had to be infinitely deep. Just deeper than the Mariana Trench. I think that's very deep. I don't think that's... I, I, I say what Asta has to say. Well, how about you start putting some numbers on us, and we'll let you know if it's sufficiently deep. I'll how talk, about that? I'll speak with Miss Nielsen, Frau Nielsen, tonight, and I'll have something for you in the morning. I promise. But please, you need to have good information, or I will not be able to justify this to her. Uh, what type of information are we talking? Yes. We need to know what exactly her exploits in Austria happened, and we also need to know for my personal information, whether or not she is interested in the occult, and if she purposefully casted the spell of reverie last night. Well, how do you know about that? 
I am quite interested in the esoteric and the occult. I recognize it when I see it. That was no ordinary performance last night. So you willingly let yourself be part of a random rich person, bourgeoisie orgy, just because you're a part of the occult. You actually saw last night while he was present, he did not partake as lustfully or he didn't throw himself full force into the revelry. He was one of the few people in the audience that was able to resist the spell. God fucking damn it. Well, I have no further. Uh, I can't say anything else. I'm just going to leave. Very well. And you guys make your way over to the grandest hotel in Europe, the Excelsior, where uh. Frau Barber is staying. The Excelsior boasts a restaurant facility sufficient to feed 15,000 patrons a day. The main lobby is an expansive carpeted labyrinth of stout columns and overstuffed armchairs, many occupied by gruff-looking men smoking cigars and perusing the paper. <laughs> the front. <laughs> Where are we right now, actually? Like, what's what country? Oh. Still Germany. Berlin. Still, still in Berlin. Germany. Still in Germany. Berlin is still in Germany. The front desk expects the you, as uh, Albin has called ahead, and the receptionist directs you to room 333 with an audible sniff. <laughs> it's obvious that the staff here thinks little of Frau Barber. A ride in the brass and walnut elevator conveys you all to the third floor where they find a happy, the happy couple's room. The door is answered seconds after you knock. It's the husband, Henry Chatton Hoffman, still dressed in his robes and slippers. Uh, hello, uh, please, he gestures for y'all to enter. The what? Wait, he's a reverend? He's Texan? He's a Sir, your accent is, well, delightful. Well, I'm ah. not sure how they speak out in Pittsburgh, so I'm just going to go with something simple that I know. <laughs> yeah, that's no Pittsburgh I've ever been to. And he's been to a lot of big Pittsburgh. I've been to a lot of pitches. Hey, I'm lounging in I'm lounging over here. Hey, I've got my pipe. I got my lounging here. No. I'm gonna take out the knife and stab him multiple times. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh God, I guess it'd be sorry. Kind of like that. That. His voice really made me want to kill him. Just like, sorry, sorry. I guess it'd be kind of like um. I don't even know if I could do a Boston. I, I don't think I've ever done Boston. <laughs> I miss Louie. Boston. Boston. It's all eyes and A's. Hey, come on. You think this is funny? You're going out with a Boston accent here? Come on, get out of here. Within, you find... I'm going to stop with the Boston. Within, you find Anita Berber breakfasting on her preferred morning elixir. A bowl of chloroform and ether into which she dips the petal of white roses one at a time. Anita, darling. Oh, how are you, Alice? It's been so long. She walks right by you, not paying you a second of heed. That bitch. Take note of that there, Bishop. Anita will need some adjusting. Yes, sir. Oh, no. She returns back to her bowl of chloroform and ether, sitting cross-legged and naked. 
At the small table near the open balcony window, a warm breeze rustles through the curtain, and you notice the makeup on her face is still cracked, the same, mag the same mask being worn terrifically smudged from the night before. She has not showered. No, and she smells a little rough. It's not only the sticky champagne, but some of other sticky substances on her as well. She seems lovely. I don't want to. Sorry. Yeah, no, I don't want to touch her or get too close to her. Yeah. <laughs> I, I walk next to her and I open my book and I, I place down a bottle of like white substances. This is for you uh, as a gift to for the party. So kind, host. How are you? Who are your friends here? These people are not my friends. But I'm working with them. The wow. prophet, Maybe the they will prophet be my is one day. bristling at this point. <laughs> Maybe one day they will be my friends. But you never know. You know that you never know. Never trust anyone. You know, Horst, I'm, I'm a bit offended by that. Alice is my friend, though. Sorry. Let me, re let me correct myself. Alice is my old friend. Ten years on, and we still talk about Louie. We talk about... Well, actually, we haven't talked enough about it, because... Not sure. Is this about the pedophile ghost? What do you know about it? When was the last time you were faced with a demon? Uh, and I looked at my book and then I closed it. And I was like, ah, no, not not long. I mean, very uh, never. Not often. No. Uh, no nothing to worry about. You guys. I want to place bets on horse killing bishop. <laughs> You guys. I actually was about to say that I feel very uh, mollified by that. He sounds like he knows how to deal with demons. I'm going to hang out with him more. I'm going to spend way more time with him. Yes, please. Let me tell you about the Church of Light. How we deal with <laughs> uh, very dangerous individuals. Mm. It actually sounds intriguing. So Horst is 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 very intrigued. I'm, I'm in. You should be intrigued. Whatever helps your mental health. No worry. Can't we'll all live in denial, Alice. We'll help all of his health, don't you worry, Alice. Anita Berber, it's been some time, but this behavior just will not do. You all pick your way through the piles of clothes and costumes that lie scattered on the floor. The bedclothes are heaped into a drooping pile at the foot of the bed. Countless cigarette butts spill out of the filthy ashtrays. Ash Empty liquor bottles are constantly underfoot. You clink, clink, knock them over as you find different places to sit down. Horst and Bishop, you actually sit down and begin talking to each other about something related to demons and how to banish them. And as that conversation continues, Anita turns back to you, Dr. Alexander. I am one of the most successful actresses of my day. Please don't criticize my methods, as they have worked quite well for me. Now, what brings you here? Bishop, I'm not talking to this cow. Oh. Alexander walks away. She stands up and tackles you on the back, into the bed, and straddles you. How dare you, you swine! I You're a swine. This reminds me of the first time we met. I can't believe you've forgotten, you salty bitch. 
<sighs> now it's all flooding uh, back Alex to me. swings around and uh, bends her down. She struggles, but only half-heartedly so. All right. Now this is more like it. Anita, we, darling, you owe us a bit of a favor. After last night, though, frankly, it feels like we owe you a bit of a favor. Uh, my good Can man. Can I take Anita's husband into another room? You see him, like, reaching out. He is right next to him. Essentially, she tackled Dr. Alexander onto the same bed as her husband, and he is in the semi-state between, like, not sure whether he should join in or break it up, and you swoop in. Uh, darling, um, I really don't think this is quite appropriate. Don't be gone for too long, that big boy. And you snatch him up and pull him into the other room. Anita, frankly, I... what the fuck did you do to us last night? It was wild. Well, I have been working on that particular number for some time now. Nothing I can more. tell. Nothing more than a performance. I am quite happy with the goddess Astrate, the fertility rites of her worshippers, and the temple prostitutes of her cult have served as inspiration to my dance, and I think it quite effective. I would agree, your goddess. Sounds very much like my lord of light. Uh, that's how I refer to my penis. Uh, Alex, <laughs> as, as an aside. Give me a psychology check. As um, Horst, I will need a spot hidden check from you. From your vantage, you got a better view and area around the room. Uh, do I ha uh, do I help in this, or do I just let it be? Because I'm with him, right? You can also make a psychology check as you look over... Anita, oh, try and determine the veracity of her statements. Oh, no, no. Uh, never mind. I thought it was spot hidden. Never mind. I have. You know what? I'll do it. Uh, just because I have a one. Oh, wow. If I put at least 10 into it, it would have worked. 20. Horse, do you see mingled among the different detritus of the room? A couple pamphlets reaching through the dirty clothes and the liquor bottles. You pick up a few scattered pamphlets entitled Magiste Brief, penned by Gregor Gregorius. And as you look through them, you see that they are mirror and crystal magic, splitting magic, and satanic magic. Horst is gonna pocket these without anyone noticing. Slide of hand check. No, no, hang on. No. Yeah, I can find it. There we go. Sure. Wow. That, well rolled. You pocket Too it and hard. no one sees you. No, Alexander sees, but all he does is wink at Horst. <laughs> As an expert in the sleight of hand trades, you see him do it, but your focus. Hands. You run an interference, essentially, with Anita and flip her over so she's not in view of the... Yes. The snap. He's dives in, kissing at her neck, just like... <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> she's like giggling and kicking her legs like... up in the air. Oh, God. Oh, you monster, how dare you? Yes. Oh, but doesn't it feel good? <laughs> That's my best uh, tinkling laugh. Okay. So, 
Alice, what are you doing in the uh, opposite room there to continue to distract? Well, what's in the opposite room? Quite a bit better upkeep. You can tell that this is somewhat of a half kitchen, half uh, preparation room. There are a number of different costumes on racks, huge mirrors, makeup, a lot of lights. Right. What's the state of her husband? He is disturbed. He's growing more nervous. He feels like he should be back in the other room trying to watch over his wife. Alice is gonna, like, put some distance. Is there, like, a desk somewhere? There is. Gonna lean back against the desk. Like, so, how long have you been with uh, Miss Berber? We first met while she was very, while she was touring each other. Oh, wait, that's all wrong. Yeah, it's very we wrong. First met, we first met when she was turned in Europe, and I figured I'd provide some kind of aid for her as a classically trained dancer. I doubt that my skills might come with some use, as this point he's trying to inch back and return back to the room. I really must be attending my wife. She is almost <laughs> up beside herself, helpless without a... Once she gets the morning ether in her, I really got to make sure she doesn't harm herself. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, there's no need to rush. And, like, I was going to walk forward and, like, kind of pin him against the wall and uh, lock the door. Ma'am, I'm a faithful husband. I think it's most going to bring her finger to his, his lips and be like, shh. <laughs> I understand that you may be a uh, man of faith in some sense, but uh, in desperate times, desperate measures, you know. Things happen, you know, maybe, you know, <laughs> I but it's, and she's going to like, uh, well, she, they, them, whatever, it's going to like slip a bit of their, their dress down to be a little bit shoulder. Oh. I need to like charm or. As long as it doesn't get back to her, all right. I actually need a psychology <laughs> role. Psychology? I got psychoanalysis. Psychoanalysis. Take it or leave it. I'll accept psychoanalysis. Yep. You immediately recognize that he is being a two-faced line sack of shit. He doesn't want to go back in there and protect his wife. He wants to prevent you from finding something. Something you may have already found and pocketed. Huh. Well, if he's trying to keep me from going in there and finding something, I'm going to keep him from going in and finding out that we found the thing that he's trying to keep us from finding out and pocketing. And you do so quite successfully, and you can just feel the tension rising and rising in him. He is so uncomfortable. He's fit to burst, but he doesn't want to break his cover. So he's essentially vibrating from discomfort as he's trying to keep coming up with accents, and you just shh, shh. (laughs) Can I knock him out? Get him from behind. <laughs> like, I have some sort of form of advantage here, right? He's not paying attention to me. Really, miss? I must return to my wife. Uh, excuse me. And he tries to muscle past you, and you him. pick up a heavy bookend and smash him on the back of the head. He goes down like a sack of potatoes. Oh, dang. Uh, I want to loot his pockets. You loot his pockets, and you find a couple of different pamphlets. You recognize them as magic pamphlets. 
your oh what's your training in the occult what's your cthulhu mythos or occult knowledge i have none unless over the last two years horst has told me about anything i, I wouldn't know much uh my occult is oh my cthulhu is zero and my occult is uh five i know nothing so go ahead and up your occult to 20, as your experience with the demon Grofsman has provided you with some knowledge of the occult. While you're not trained in actually casting demon spells, you do have a knowledge and experience with it, and it is that experience that leads you to know, wait a minute, this here magic ratten, it's got the sigils and everything. I'm gonna bump horse while I'm at it. Should it be 20 or 25 or like an obsessive number beyond that? Two years of study. I'm going to say at least 35. Got it. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to pocket these little magic pamphlets. I mean, I'm sure horse should know something about it. And then I'm going to find some way to tie her husband up. Genki. Is there a window somewhere? Oh, God. I'm going to tie him over the windowsill. You Spider-Man him? Mm-hmm. As soon as you tie him off and he is dangling upside down, the, ru the blood rushes back into his brain and he begins to twitch and jerk. You see his eyes twinkle open. Oh, well, good morning, handsome. I'm glad to see you're awake. Uh, look, what we had was nice and fun and, you know, I really did enjoy myself. But there are other things I have to do. Ta-ta. Gonna close the window. Click. Nice. You should like left a like a match, like a candle, or a rope. Oh, because then they could tie me back to murder. <laughs> Alice re-enters the room. What are you doing with Anita Berber there, Doctor Alexander? Duh. Oh, what is he not doing? I mean, there's an audience, right? There yeah, is. Which, like which only it. makes it that much better. And she is absolutely leaning into it. Whatever you're dishing out, she's taking and giving it right back. Yeah, I'd say at this point, uh, neither one of them are wearing much clothing. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, they're just rolling around. As you guys all but fuck, you guys come to the end of the meeting, and after a bit of inquiry, she give you the bullet points. She eloped with the King of Austria, and they were fucking... It devolved into rumors that she was arrested, but that was just something that the king had to put out there, so the queen didn't get too mad at him. With this scandalous, lascivious relationship, into which she continued her tour throughout Europe, and arrived back here in Berlin. And you also learn... that while she herself was a part of that ritual casting, she does not have any knowledge of it. You can tell through a successive psychology roles that she is completely ignorant of the supernatural or mythical properties of the performance. Some of you satisfied, the others of you extremely satisfied. You make your way out of the hotel and back out into the streets where you part separate ways. Alice, you return home, back to your apartment, and find that the door has been opened in the meantime. 
I'm going to take out my brass knuckles and like creep into the house. Creeping into the house, you notice that nothing's out of place except for one thing has been placed back on its table. The phone. God, fuck <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, Hello? I'm gonna take it off the line and like throw it out the window. And it hits somebody as it goes in. I hope it does. Shiza! Somebody kills someone. Shiza! Uh, I love that. Is this from like a wounded music book? Oh, I know what this is from. This is from um, World of Warcraft. Oh. oh, I like it. I think it was. Um, given to a wizard. That wookie you spoil us. Ah, a wookie. <laughs> <laughs> you all pass the rest of the day to your own exploits and somewhere in that time, Alice, because your phone has been thrown out of your window, you receive a telegram. God, I didn't throw that along with the phone. <laughs> you throw the telegram boy out the window. I do. Probably that weird kid with the newspapers. Oh wait, that's my wait, kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what happened to your kid? Is my kid okay with? Does he have better brawl skills over the last two years? You taught him well, and he got a job and is making his way on his own. Successful, and he started his own family. He's doing well. Uh, so proud. Unless the job he started was delivering telegrams. Oddly enough, he's a butcher now. Oh my god, I'm so proud. Of course he is. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> I raised him well. Well, especially with his scar on his face. Mm. The telegram invites you and your friends to the Clarchen Ballhaus for a performance tonight by Anita Berber's husband. Um, All right, now I can throw the telegram boy out. <laughs> and it's only three. He'll be fine. Wait, what? <laughs> and while you're a little disappointed that you won't be able to see Anita Berber perform yet again, it would be polite to stay on Berber's good side and go see Chatton Hoffman's performance. <sighs> can I go by get... the window? Sorry. Go, go on. I'm going to check up on the boy's health. The one I threw out the window? Yes. <laughs> you can see that that boy's been training in a parkour for the last few years. As soon as he hit the ground, he rolled into the fall, and he just stood up. He's fine. It seems like being thrown parkour, out the window. Parkour, hardcore. <laughs> nice. Get on you, sir. Get on you. Here's a piece of... Here's a piss... Uh, oh, here's a copper piece, whatever you guys... Uh, my dear bishop don't piss on that boy what sorry i heard you offer him a piss i was confused a copper copper sir ah of course a pence sir a pence not a piss a pence a pence oh. yes. wow if he wants to piss later though come find uh, me oh is there, a, is there a guy still uh dangling from the window still nah probably not 
Someone would have got him. Maybe. Maybe. Two years later, he's still hanging there. His fingers are six <laughs> feet long now. Horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and at uh, eight o'clock, roughly, you all make your perspective ways to Clara's ballroom, or Clergen's ballhouse. Located a few blocks north of Alex, of the Alex, in the heart of the Jewish Schwindlerdell. The Jewish. Wait. It's the Jewish part of town. There's still one of these left. Uh, there, I mean, there's still one here. Clara's Ball House inhibits an un unassuming graystone building set back from the Augustrofs. The patio outside is crowded with coffee tables. Overlooking the entrance hangs a, a hand-painted sign depicting a dancing couple and announcing the venue's name. Despite the event's late hour, 8 p.m., the heat of the day still hangs heavy in the gathering twilight. Entering via a separate doorway, the right, to the right of the Bauhaus main entrance, you climb a creaking angular stairway that leads to the famous Spitzelschlag, the mirror room, where you find a grand piano sitting roughly in the center of a parquet dance floor. Two rows of mismatched chairs are arranged in a semicircle around the instrument, where about a dozen folks sit or mingle, all fanning themselves from the heat of the ballroom, is even more oppressive here than outside. The appointed time of the recital comes and goes. Some of the guests grow restless, and in the stuffy hot room, a couple get up to leave, then a few more. Soon, only you are left in the hall. I get up to leave. What do the rest of you do? Cocktails. Alex is already, uh, uh, the prophet's already in the back. He's doing lines of coke with, uh, with one of the, uh, one of the, uh, the, the guys that works. Uh, I don't know, one of the... One of the set men. I'm already saying, here's a... He's here's doing lines of coke while the guy jerks him off. Oh. Here's your cocktail, sir. Shouldn't the show have started by now? Uh, it passed. It, it was already over. It's already over. Oh, I think. Time flies when you're having fun. What? No, no. The, the, I need to be... I'm sure she's a sunny late. That's a light, man. I need her to show up. I want to be paid. Probably lost her husband. Keep your mouth on that thing. Stop talking. So I'll yes. go back to smoking your balls. Focus, focus. <laughs> At 8.25 p.m., shortly after the last audience members leave, just before you get up and Please make your way out. Please just let me leave. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> Wait, no, I can't let you leave. Nope, you're, you uh, are just almost yeah, out the trapped. door, and Anita and her husband walk in. God. He is wearing his evening clothes and sweating profusely. She is dressed in her black morphine dress, accessorized with a monocle and a scowl. Anita, darling. Here you go. Uh, hand her a cocktail. I'm gonna, like, glare at her husband. Thank you, Thank you, darling. She takes a drink. Yes, it is all his fault. I can't believe he was so stupid to make us late. It is un... Thinkable that he would be so rude. Please, uh, see, be seated. Gentlemen. What happened to be the reason he was late, if you don't mind me asking? 
Well, actually, it was her. I had to get her out of a, a fugue state, but um, no, we're here now. Please have a seat. John Hoffman appear, attempts to guide Berbert to her chair, but she imperiously bats him away and stumbles and collapses into her seat, spilling a little bit of the drink on herself. Without missing or missing a beat or betraying any embarrassment, he proceeds to the piano. Hmm. Can I stay as stand as far away from everybody as possible? You disappear into the back and hear a oh oh oh. Enough of that. The show's about to start. Uh, uh, Alexander kicks the uh, <laughs> yeah the boy away. <laughs> Right, done, right. done. You lost. You lost the game. <laughs> weren't quick enough. Maybe next time. Now fuck <laughs> off. Knew what show... the sound was. Now fuck off. It's showtime, and I don't want to hear that sound ever again from Wookie. Sorry, I, I get back on the lights. I apologize. Shh. No talking. Follow the rules, boy. Daman and Eren. Danke, Sean, Thor. Oh wait, here. Let me do this right. Damon, Eren, Danke, Sean, Thor. Hey, hell, just do this in English. Coming out this, I'll band. He clears his throat, sits down at the piano. Utter silence. You guys stare at him. His wife seems a little perturbed, uninterested. Shifting Play in your chairs uncomfortably, sweaty faces reflecting off the massive mirrors, filling up three quarters of the wall. Wait, Wait there's mirrors everywhere? Mirrors everywhere on the entire opposite wall. You guys see yourselves very clearly. Can I examine all the mirrors? I'm hot, bro. You're looking great. Yeah, I, I want to examine for uh, since he just did the uh, the spell earlier. I want to look at what other spell is possible to uh, perform next. That's related to mirrors. You pull out the pamphlet. Wait, you don't have that pamphlet. No, I'm looking at my book. Horst has the pamphlet. Horst has the pamphlet, as does Dr. Alexander. But while you look through the book, you try and flip through and see while there are a lot of spells that require a mirror or focus, you're not sure which one this could be. And then... Schottenhoffman starts playing. I should have covered my ears. Is it good? Mm. This chosen piece is Litz's Totentanz, Dance of the Dead, a pounding dynamic piece whose melody paraphrases the medieval Gregorian chant, Die Are, Day of Judgment. The music explodes from the piano and fills the small ballroom. The pianist definitely has some chops. As the 16-minute composition plays out, the oh, you guys catch glimpses of yourselves and Berber in the mirror. You notice something strange. Everyone looks somehow different in the mirror's reflection. Berber's face looks much harsher and more haggard, far older than her 27 years. Her theatrical makeup looks like an artificial mask, her lips pinched and severe. 
Even more jarring, her black morphine dress is deep crimson, like the color of viscera. Please describe to me your true selves as you see them in the mirror. Hi, uh, dude. <laughs> a guy. <laughs> it's a guy. It's a man. Whereas <laughs> Alexander sees himself as a woman. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh, I see. It. I see myself as a dark, scary night. Stars coming, out, uh, shining out through me. Endless darkness as a dog. Ooh, that's it. <laughs> enough, Horst actually sees a younger, happier Horst, because the current Aww. Horst is so miserable. Horst, why you gotta go make me sad? You guys are nailing it tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna need sanity checks from everyone, please. Oh, so you excellent. look deep inside the mirror and see your true selves. Wow, well rolled, everyone. Just wait a moment. Oh. Fuck Bumble. One moment, I might be able to join you. Give me a Join me. I did join you. Oh, nice. Yeah, the only trick is this is not a surprise for uh, Dr. Alexander. Uh, yeah. Bishop and Alice, you both lose one sanity point. I need D10 rolls from each of you. God, give, give me my sanity back. Give me my sanity back. Got a one. Sweet. I got four. Is this permanent loss or temporary loss? Also, Wookie, where did my magic points go? You don't actually get a lot of magic points. No, why am I only at two? Where go did ahead, they go? Go ahead and take back all your magic points as those were removed from you at the end of the last campaign. You, or the last session, you would have received all those back over the two years. However, reduce your maximum by three as I did pull those out of you for the ritual at the beginning of the session. I didn't do the ritual. Oh, excuse me, for the, uh, um... Music. Exactly. Oh, for the Undying Revelry, encountered in the very first performance of Anita Berber, you were had... You had your magic points drained, and I'll say that you actually realized they were drained out of you and waxed into the form of Anita Berber. Mm. I didn't know that. That's about did that. So, yeah. um, you are the... paranoid. Alice, you look around and you don't recognize your friends. Even your dearest and closest friend, Horse, seems like he might be plotting against you and you know the others are. You're sure of it. Go ahead and roll another d10 for me to determine how long your bout of paranoia lasts. Aww. Your severe paranoia. Alexander is plotting Damn. against Alice, but not in the way that she's <laughs> just not in the way she's thinking. Bah. You're sure of it. For eight rounds, you know they're plotting against you. Gonna keep my brass knuckles close. Bishop, you experience amnesia. You have no memory of events since they last the last place of safety. So everything that's happened up until the point where you got here from earlier today, you're not sure how you got here. You're not sure where you are in this room, who's performing, the people around you, you don't know any of it. Roll a d10 to determine how long your amnesia lasts. Nine sessions. 
nine rounds, you do not know any of the people, what's going on, who you are. What? Who? Uh, uh, I can I get in the ball in the corner? And like, <laughs> and this is not good. The bishop is a very dangerous man. Yeah. Uh, my dear bishop, my dear friend, what are you doing? And as you all look around the different forms of madness setting in, some of you bawling up in the corner, others of you looking around wild-eyed, distrustful at your friends. You notice that the door the mirror room has closed. The windows high now admit a milky, weak daylight rather than the snowy snow... Oh, rather than showing the night sky. Clabbering up to look outside, you see that the daylight has changed and that there is no longer anyone in this room. You are the only people. You and your fellow investigators are now alone. Ah, who are you? Stay away from me, demon! Bishop? Did you say Bishop. demon? Bishop? What? Bishop, no demons! <laughs> I, uh, my friend seems to be having some kind of an issue. Hmm. Well, Alice is going to distance herself from the entire party. Gonna watch them from afar and make sure they're not doing anything fishy. I didn't think the show was that good. What the hell is going on here, Horst? Dear, have you Actually, any idea? This is not this is not something that I have experienced before, but myself it neither. seems diabolical, so we should probably I mean I have a knife or and a and a and a pistol. We could start shooting. We could start shooting the mirrors. Hmm. Yes, you shoot the mirrors. I I will uh I will watch from right here. Can you calm down? Uh, go grab Alice. She's like scurrying away from us. There's something wrong with her. Oh my god, are you walking with her? Walking towards her with a gun? Oh no no, uh, I am walking towards her. Alice, dear, what is wrong? How close are you getting? Uh pretty close. Alex like, doesn't have a whole lot of uh, personal space. Within punching distance. Uh yeah, eventually for sure. Oh. That said, he's been uh, punched at by many a woman and man. That said, it didn't matter. Takes <laughs> it right in the face. Right in the kisser. You stay away from me, you tyrant. Raz knuckle punch. Good. Roll some damage. Oh, well, you it's take only one, one damage. damage. Get yeah, a clean only one. kiss from that brass knuckles. Witnessing this, Horst is going to try and calm Alice down by persuading her to just settle down for a bit. There's nothing that'll settle down a woman like telling her to calm down. <laughs> yeah, totally. Maybe. What goes against the I mean, does that work for uh, this? Uh, it's an affliction. I'll settle say. down. As you wow. are temporarily insane. Yeah, great persuasion. <laughs> Yo, hey, knock it off. Uh, you <laughs> off. do... Cut that crazy. He is authoritative, but you are in a bout of madness, and your paranoia is unpersuadable. All right, what happened when I punched Alexander? 
it hurts. And Alexander wasn't happy about it. At this point, though, you do feel the paranoia starting to waft out of you. It's draining out of you. You still feel a little distrust, but your good friend Horace is making a solid argument. Hmm. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that, that Alexander guy, but I'll trust Horace. Horace is a good friend. Horace knows good. Take a shot at one of the mirrors with my uh, my pistol. I'm currently holding on to a special book from the Church of Holy Shit. The Church of Holy Shit. Yeah, definitely it to that. That's that definitely part of ours. So if our, it's our uh, to get with the kids, you know, it's our branding. You shoot down one of the mirror and it collapses in a pile of glass. You make a big mess. the eeriness of the weird world you find yourself in. Much like the upside down, little particles of mushroom spores float through the air, light, thick, unchanged. Where's this upside down bullshit? What are you talking about? Basically, there are <laughs> weird mushroom shits floating in the in the air now. Boys. Mm, I Boys. don't like this. My nose with uh, the fabric of my dress. From one of these books, and I'm reading uh, very intently to it, trying to figure out who I am or what's happening. I'm gonna start pawing at those uh, those papers, pamphlets that I stole, trying to look through them for something useful. You look through the mirror magic. Hey guys, this is called mirror magic. It might mm. have something to do with it. it might. Blasphemy! There's there's no such thing as magic. The shop, the shop. Mm. Trust me. Relax. Calm Bishop. down, good man. You feel yourself coming out of your psychosis as well, and as you pour through the pamphlet, you see, Horace, that the mirror magic seems to be somehow tied to performance, either through magical, musical, or some other kind of dance. You're not sure how it works, but it seems to be some kind of teleportation spell. The what? Transportation into another dimension. Horse, do you want to share with the class? Okay, I, 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 hey, listen, this mirror magic thing, there's like a yes. lot of mirrors here. And oh. so, this pamphlet I stole from, you know, what's her name, uh, is about mirror magic and it's about dancing. But I'm Polish and Polish people don't dance. So, somebody this else, true. everyone knows dance. this. Yes, it's still like, um, with, with, uh, this time. Can their legs bend backwards the wrong yeah, nice. way. I only know one of dance. The dance of the death. All right. Uh, no, I'm gonna okay. dance. Uh, I know a few dances. Oh my. Um, <laughs> I can't, are there 
Are the mirrors uh, reachable? Can we grab one? Go ahead and grab a mirror. Yeah, I'm gonna grab one. I'm gonna grab the one I, I, I when I look at it, I see my, my uh, inner self. You no longer see your reflection of your inner selves. You see your normal reflection. The Can I take a piece of glass? Absolutely. I'm kind of imagining like a dance room where the entire wall is all mirror and you take down a panel. All right. Is it sharp? Maybe the only one of the mirror panels has been shot at this point. You can grab a jagged piece as you want. The daylight dim is reflected back at you. I'm going to do something fairly drastic. Can I stab Anita's husband? He's no, not they're there. Gone. They're gone. Oh, that's a shame, though. I was hoping that someone would stab that <laughs> dullard. Can I right. stab myself? You reach back with the glass and gouge yourself, delivering a nasty cut, the pain arcing through your body. It's Can I let real. her blood fall on the mirror? Don't touch me. No, I'm gonna let your blood... I'm not touching you. I'm letting the droplets fall on the mirror. The There's gouge. visual touch. Are you licking them? What's your deal? Uh, I want to see if it'll activate the mirror again. Nothing happens other than blood dripping out of your arm. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm gonna touch the mirror, the the the, the mirror part. See if I can push us through it. So I'm gonna destroying the piano, destroying the mirrors. Nothing is going to be able to. Well, not nothing. There is a way to get out. If you would like to continue trying to figure out how to return back to your plane. Can I see the, uh, the the pamphlet? Can I read it? Sure. I hand it to him. Um, how does this spell, like, say it works? And then I'm going to look at my book. Uh, the book of was... Uh, it's, it's, a, it's literally... Uh, it's mm -hmm. Nephetides, uh, one of Nephetides' uh, uh, books. I mean, if you said it works through performance, don't we just have to perform? Oh, well, let's do that. Uh, does anybody have a talent? I, I know how to blow bubbles. With your suggestion, Alice, you put Bishop onto the right track and reading through the pamphlet that you acquired so surreptitiously with that wonderful sleight of hand check, you find the correct passage inside of the pamphlet and realize that you would need to play Tutantans backwards in its entirety, the entire 16-minute composition, to return back to your plane. What oh, would that be? That's easy enough. Hand it to me. That would be a piano roll. God damn it! Who has piano? I can give it a go. Oh wow! Uh, that no. said, I don't have any uh, skill in piano. Is there? No. What would the closest skill be to that? It's going to be an extreme piano roll. We don't have There's piano. No piano would skill. So what do I? Uh, is there a cult roll, roll for instead? this too? Like maybe. I'm saying else? that the only way to cast this spell and return you back to your plane would be playing Teltentanz backwards which will require precisely and only an extreme piano roll otherwise you would need to head down the stairway and into the street oh hell yeah let's I do that that sounds funner we'll probably have to go down the stairs then all right 
There are many organs that I play, but the piano is not one. Hey, would you mind if? <laughs> would it be all right, Wookie, if I snap my finger and my dog appears? Does your dog play piano? No. If my he bites, years, he, he bites the necks of people and drinks their blood. Do you have a natural dog? Head. I don't like you. I'm gonna so I'm gonna allow it. That's pretty cool. All right. Heading back uh, down the creaking stairway, you emerge onto the cafe piano to find it utterly deserted. Bits of paper rubbish blow across the space in a stiff, steady wind, but there are no signs of life or movement. The silence is all-pervasive and overwhelming, oppressive, weighing down on you like a wet blanket. The trees and vegetation around the square are all dead and lifeless, with the one exception. Here and there, a white roses bush blossom. The Klarchen Balhaus sign is pitted, faded, hanging precariously on its mountain. Mountains. Don't smell those flowers, by the way. I'm just gonna say this. Hey, you don't tell me what to do. I'm a sniff flower. There is no smell. You guys oh. emerge onto the Arkestraus. The scene is much the same under the gray, sunless sky. A muted grayness about pervades the entire scene. The street stretches off into an illimitable, deserted dullness. There is no traffic, motorized or pedestrian. No voices call out and no birds sing. Now this is very peaceful. I love it. I love it. I love this aesthetic. We need, we need to put our, our church, new so church here. Wookie, how mm -hmm. long would it take us in-game to learn how to play piano? Uh, <laughs> like how we, we taught ourselves? Uh, um, Ten weeks. I mean, I, I think like a savant might be able to pick up an instrument with like other training, like to build off other instrument training in a couple... I can play the team. Someone just roll a performance. A matter of weeks, but you would have to be a literal genius to be able to play something as complex as Totentons backwards. Bold of you to assume I'm not a genius. God, I'll take my chances with learning how to play piano. <laughs> Turns around. All right, you guys are on your own. Uh, yeah, yeah there was no genius here. Yeah, I'll start trying to teach myself to talk backwards. <laughs> there is a palpable sense of complete isolation, and as you continue, here and there, monumental neoclassical statues stand on plinths lining the street, nude, cold marble forms with featureless faces. Off to the west is a domed building of truly epic proportions. It rises up amidst the gloom, perhaps a half mile in distance. Looking at the unearthly vision, seeing this Tower of Babylon stretch up towards the sky and scraping the atmosphere. I'm gonna need sanity rolls, please. Not for me, I'm back in there trying to learn piano. Well, you have to learn san- you should roll sanity to deal with the fact that you're dealing with, uh, not knowing how to play the piano. And it's no. very frustrating. Yeah, these pianos are hard. No. So frustrating. Uh, this is. 
I'm a cultist, though. Shouldn't I be like you? Well, I guess it can't be. This is not my religion, though, so I guess that makes it. I don't like it. Oh, that's a critical. That's not a yeah. critical. A critical that's is a, a one. a critical failure. No, 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 that's not. 96. Yeah. Losing one sanity is a rite of passage as an occultist, though. It just kind of goes with the territory. It'd be weirder if you weren't losing it. Oh, Forced and Bishop, please roll it. Please roll it, D2. The other reason Alex is doing so well is because he's not a cultist and he doesn't give a shit about any of this. He's just horny. Mm -hmm. He's walking around fingering himself. Love this. Does it help with his sanity? Uh, apparently. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right, and then I'm gonna need. Say D two, you said. Yes, please. And then I'll need each of you to roll a D ten as well. Again, not I, good sir. They do a D two. Alice, back inside of the Claire's Bar House. Clang, clang, clang. Damn it! Clang, 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 clang. Damn it! <laughs> Yeah, it seems about right. How do you can do I, like, do I have to play it exactly, or can I bluff it? It must be flawless, or you stay. Okay, Got one. All right, so that's going to be one sanity loss for Bishop, and two sanity loss for Psychic Horst. Does it help if I, like, since I heard the song before, does it help me to, like, play it backwards, or? Not really. It's like evidently uh, not. <laughs> it's like playing. It's like... Sorry, go for it. What's that Beatles song that you play backwards and it's like, "Hail Satan"? Oh, it's uh, dead. Yeah, it's like that. Another sanity loss. Well, uh, <sighs> I got a headache. Strawberry Field or something. I take, I take, I take out the book, and uh, I read it, and. I, I play with this like a hair, remembering from my childhood, and to like fight back the uh, the sanity, the, the the craziness that's happening. Just remember why I'm part of the Church for the Light. Your amnesia's gone. Uh, I know. I'm just fighting back my sanity of this world. Bishop, I, also I need love you to roll. Bishop, I need you to roll a D10. Psychic Horst, you look over and you see your dearly departed friend, Louie. You remember before he was taken over by the demon Grofsman and encased in a gout of fire. Hey, I'm getting taken over here. Drop and roll. Louie. You see him. Hey, I'm getting my mind taken over here. He's normal. He's healthy. He's back to his normal self. What are you oh, doing right. here? Mr. Horst, whatever you do, just remember. I'll always be with you. Oh, in your heart place, whatever's going on over there. In, in the center of your chest, yeah, yeah, over there. Where you're pointing, yeah. Right there. Right. Look to the east on the third day. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Right. Alexander, you are getting a sideways look from Psychic Horst. You met the guy, but he is looking at you with... He knows you. 
Horst. I don't think this is the time nor the place, Horsty. Oh, thank you. He's hallucinating. But absolutely, Horst, you are sure that Dr. Alexander is your friend, Louie. Restored to life. He's fine. Louie, can you play the piano? You're from Jersey. You can play the piano. That's, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. <laughs> I think that's how it works. But I'll give it a try anyways. I can play, uh, I can play chopsticks. And I can play chopsticks backwards, but it's not as good. Uh, I forgot the song, actually. I was gonna sing it, but I can't, I can't think of Nice. As you continue, you tromp on in the looming tower that rises above you, stretching your mind's capability to quantify. You begin to hear strange rhythmic sounds like thousands of hinges creaking. Gradually, you become aware that every window of every building on the block is opening and closing in unison. A steady rhythm that matches the respiration of each breath you take. Let's get out of it. Sir, this way? Let's, I, I'm guessing we need to go that way, but let's have a go, uh, uh, well, no, I, is there as like you, a map as you all see these windows opening and closing with your breath i'm gonna need sanity checks and i'm also going to need listen rolls as soon as you notice you look at the listen. windows and you see them all opening and closing they immediately stop and the oppressive silence overwhelms you once more broken by bare feet on the cobblestones. I didn't hear anything. Dr. Alexander. Bishop. Oh, uh, Dr. Alexander. Yes. That's me. Oh, those aren't the listen rolls? No, uh, you don't. No, you I don't failed. I'm not, very, I'm not a good listener. I'm more I did, uh, Yeah, I failed too. <laughs> <laughs> we both failed at the same time. It's like, uh, what are they doing? You hear the pitter-patter of feet, but you can't find them as you look around. You're not sure where they're coming from. Hey, you, Mr. Feety, come here. Don't, don't hide. Oh, no. The door creaks open. Mm. In the front of a townhouse, you can make it out. The dark shape within. A man-like shape lurking in the shadows. You there, come th out. How dare you stand above our great leader? There's no need to hide there, sweetie. Come on out. Oh, someone needs to do more cardio. Uh, I'll never give up. Standing stock still in the doorway, all you see is the unmoving shadow as you continue to pass through the streets. Can I use a flashlight to put into the darkness over the they're standing? 
This reminds me of like two separate SCPs. The one that's just the flesh town people that get turned into like horrible amalgamations once you get like brought in. And then the one that's just like Britain, but underground. Oh yeah, that one. Oh, that one's a good one. Wait, don't give him ideas. <laughs> Berlin, no... but underground. Yeah, I know. This and they have the robot co cops that falling apart because they're, oh, they're yeah. half made. Her. And the old lady and like the vending machines with the, the slop. The yeah, but there's like, it's like it's super old, but it's still good apparently. Ah, mm. uh, but then they're like, if you get further away from the city, it's all falling apart. Like it's just half yeah. made. It's like someone half-assed it. Yeah, they got tired at the end. It was like, ah, oh, they're never gonna go back there. It's fine. <laughs> There's no mistaking it now. You're sure. Your initial relief of the deserted buildings, the unoccupied space, the lie has been put to that notion. There's no mistaking that there are people here. Moving with shaky, unsteady gates, the humanoid figures emerge from stairwells, deserted shop fronts, alleys, and squares. They wear black uniforms, silver skull pinned glistening on their lapels, but they are not human. Their skin is pallid gray, their faces little more than gaping lamprey-like maws ringed with jagged teeth. Lacking eyes and ears, they sniff at the air. I hear employees. Take out the shotgun, sir. Yes, get the shotgun ready. I don't fuck with zombies. Catching <laughs> That's your not scent, what that is. They move uh, it's forward. a zombie to me, baby. Aren't you playing piano? Shut up. I'm trying, but Wookie hasn't come back yet. That's fair. Mm -hmm. They move forward, not speaking or responding to calls, sniffing the air, wildly moving in your direction as they draw closer. Their pace increases as they hone in on the smell of living flesh. At I died years ago, you'll never find me. The assemblage begins to make noise, but it's not a screech. An unearthly chorus of guttural groans starts up, rumbling at first, then building to a cacophony of loud howls and screeches. And now, they're running. Hands outstretched. This paragraph is called RUN! <laughs> I think we might should. I think we should do just that. I need to know what everyone's movement is. The pursuing horde forces you inexorably 55. towards the massive dome. Know your movement. I don't know about movement. Movement. What is it? What's movement? Should be a single Stacks. digit, like seven, eight, nine, round there. I don't know if I have it. Movement. I'm indeterminate yeah. age. I don't know. The movement it's, rate is it's on combat. It'll be, it'll be on the just at the top under combat. 
Yeah, yeah, I just made this character, though. I don't know if I've added it. I, I don't have movement. I'm just... Where's movement at? What's up? What's your guys' movements? Mine is eight. Yeah, I'd say then, uh... Uh, Alexander's probably gonna be, like, a six. He's not much of a sprinter. I got a dodge. I got dex. How does movement go? have much stamina. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm gonna go with eight too because I have no idea. How do we do the math? Me open the player handbook here. Now we're listening to. I think it's based off your age and your size. Age How does have an influence. Uh, that said, I have a bunch of question marks for my age, so that might be why it's not calculating. Oh yeah. what? I got a twenty-eight. Well, size uh, is 70. A lady never tells. Oh. Oh, what? Lady uh, me. I don't tell either. Damn. Thank you. When investigators can move a number of yards or meters up to their five times their move value in one round. What's move value, though? There's a table here. If both dex and strength are less than the size, the movement is seven. If strength or dex is equal to or greater than size, or if all three are equal, move is eight. If both strength and dex are each greater than size, move is nine. If age is 40, move is deducted by one, 50, two, 60, three, and so forth. If the two of them are bigger than size, what is it? Eight. Ah, okay, then we're at eight. Oh, if if dex greater than me. size, what is it? Well, Alexander's got to be at least 40, so let's say seven. If dex is greater than size, it will be eight. If strength and dex are greater than size, the movement is nine. Uh, what is Because I got 70 size and 50, 50, 55, 55 on strength and dex. Plus my age is 28. So your move is seven. Oh, nice. Alright, seven works for me. Let me, let me yeah. put this down so I don't forget. Mine too. Both of your movements are seven? Yep. Ah, uh, yes, sir. Alright, it's 55, 55, and seven, so, so then that would be uh, seven. Horst, what's your movement? Eight? Eight. The dog is always around uh, the uh, always around uh, Alexander to keep him safe. That's a part of me. You will fly through the streets, this zombie horde chasing you, running you down, and they are gaining. Trying to push yourself to your body's limits, sweat dripping off of you, Horst. You look back as you pull ahead of your newfound friends, Bishop and Dr. Alexander, and see as they are enveloped, only allowed a moment of soul-piercing screams to rend through the night as they are dragged down and consumed. Wow, we died fast this time around. <laughs> I hope not. Shit. Too horny for this campaign. Oh. Apparently. 
You see them enveloped in a horde of faceless lamprey-sucking monsters. They are gone, and as you flee towards this massive dome, you run, breath tearing out of your lungs as the howling uniform monstrosities bear down relentlessly from behind. All the while, the ludicrously outsized dome looms higher and higher ahead of you, like the Tower of Babel, scraping the bottom of the gray, unmoving clouds overhead. A different sort of howling can be heard coming from the monumental structure, like a ceaseless wind pouring out of the bottomless pit, or anguished cries of a million voices. Fifteen, twenty stories, the buildings surrounding the tower would be monumental in their own right, if dwarf, if not dwarfed by the dome. From the sills of arches, of the still futuristic edifices hanging limp, blood-red banners display strange symbols unknown to you or any of your now dead friends. They seem like their Nordic runes, Hebrew letters, or Sumerian cuneiform. All these thoughts leap through your mind as you flee in terror. The glow from the strange heads grows in intensity until it blinds you. The howling sounds of the pursuing Rabisu, along with the roaring winds of the screams intensify as all that is that. That's all you can hear. That's all that fills your brain, crowding out even a, th a single thought in your mind. Then you feel the ground drop away beneath your feet. Are you falling, or are you rising up into the sky, flattened against uh, the earth as you are towering overhead? Your vision suddenly becomes clear. You see central Berlin stretching out beneath you, the streets swarming with blind, uniformed rabbisu. The massive dome and an equally huge public square lie just north of the Tiergarten where the Kongerplatz should be, or the Schilschelglauschli, is also wider and grander, and it bisects the park to the south, leading to another grand assemblage of structures. And where the Brandenburg Gate should stand tall, there is instead a strange complex of seven blue-tiled gates that look like a relic of ancient Mesopotamia. With a jolt, <gasps> you wake up. And what do I see when I wake up? Where am I? You're in your bed. The date Jesus is Christ. November 10th, 1928. First is going to pull out his handgun and shoot himself in the head. <laughs> TPK, baby! <laughs> he sails. He misses. And that moment, wow. he comes to his senses. Well, I think that just means you don't die immediately. You just blow off the front of your head. Right? Well, he's not dead, though. It's like those guys who jump off the Golden Gate Bridge or suddenly realizes he should live. He should live. Give yourself a close call. Your ears are ringing. Today is the, is the day before the Armistice Day, the anniversary, the 10th anniversary of the Great War's End. You had that dream again, although you can't quite shake the feeling that the preceding events were somewhere between a nightmare and a memory. Is that is that how he, he becomes a psychic? Because that's one hell of a way to do intro to his abilities. Yeah. 
I like it. I dig it. You should do this more often if that's how you do it. Oh, psychics get their power. Yeah. <laughs> oh, horse predicts his entire party's potential death in a dreamscape years from then, before he's met any of them. Well, at least you can uh, have uh, Alice uh, learn, how to p learn the piano now. Alice? You could have prevented all of this. No, this, this was his dream of the pa uh, future. He can't still prevent it. Alice? Tell me, spirit, there is still time to change the past. <laughs> all these events written in stone? <laughs> Tell me, young boy, what day is it? It's Christmas, sir! Ah, it's not too late. The spirits, they can do anything, you know. <laughs> All in one night. <laughs> Tell me, boy, is that big turkey still in the window? Uh, no, that got bought yesterday. Shit! <laughs> spirits, you've betrayed me. Fortunately, <laughs> sir, there's a shortage on turkeys this year. Supply chain issues. Son of a bitch! Boy, eat you then. I'm still rich. You look delicious, child. I am very lean, sir. Good choice. You find yourself struggling through, <laughs> trying to find the notes. What were they? I just heard it. I know I can figure it out. Just give me more time. I'm almost there. I'm sure of it. Oh, God. The shattered glass twinkling on the monotonous gray light that pours through the windows. Unchanging. Constant. Didn't we break the piano now that I think about it? No. And as you struggle, frustration growing, ebbing, you hear something, movement from behind, from in front of you, from the shadows themselves. we're gonna end tonight i want to thank you all so much for playing that's the first tpk i've had uh want to thank you all so much team wipeout that actually a tpk without this is this the second time you've killed me here wookie and what what did i do this time just be over 40 yep you're old man you gotta move fast to outrun those motherfuckers any movement below eight immediately is overwhelmed by the Rabishu and are consumed. Okay. Yeah, it seems like a horseshit module. So you're not you're shoehorned into playing young characters. Or else you just die. Thank you all so much for playing tonight. Damn it, man. <laughs> I make another good character, you just kill a lot. Oh wait, so I died? Uh, yeah. Well, you're just, all dreams. You're just We're gonna be back in a month, so fuck knows. On him murdering us. <laughs> Wait, are we gonna be back in a month or do we need to make new characters? Look, I feel like that was a very unfair thing. Nobody in the party would have known to know to play piano. That's okay, none of us do what our luck roll meant, anyways. I guess my question is are we continuing in Berlin or are we moving out of the train? 
Nope, we're continuing in Berlin. We still got um, all of this module, another module, or not a module, all of Everyone's this adventure. Everyone's dead, though. We're all dead. Killed us all. It's not my fault. What do you yeah. want us to do? We're dead. Yeah. Oh, my God. What are... Okay. I'm going to play a 20-year-old football athlete who, uh, who, who is who awesome. who's never drank alcohol in his life, never had sex. <laughs> Just this impervious young vegetarian. box. It's okay. I, my guy he doesn't eat food. To die. Yeah, he photosynthesizes. I go over blank tonight. You know, I love this country because only in this country could you be a homeless bum and come up to being a billionaire. And that's my story. I was living out of dumpsters under a blue tarp in the middle of Los Angeles on Skid Row when I saw someone eating their own shoes. And I thought to myself, you know, that's not a bad idea. What if I started selling shoes that people could eat? And that's when I started Edishoe. Now a billion dollar company, Edishoe, is on the feet of millions of Americas around the country. Tasty, nutritious, and if you're ever in a sticky situation like I found myself digging bottles and cans out of dumpsters and garbage cans, at the end of a long day, go ahead and pop off your shoe and boil up that soul for a delicious, nutritious meal. Yes, Edishoe is my ticket out of poverty. And you too can get yourself out of poverty by starting your own company like Edishoe. Edishoe will send you a sample brush Products. So if you're tired of living in your car, hop to it and get to work. It's time to pull yourself up by the bootstraps, cook those bootstraps into some delicious spaghetti, and eat it on down and attack the day. Don't wallow in your own filth. Wipe that ass and get on out there. Without a shoe. A shoe that's more edible than the other ones.